Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the Dysfunctional Skywalker family panel recorded live at LA Comic Con and hosted by Film Threats. Chris Gore. It features occasional adult themes and coarse language. So if you're around sensitive ears, move along. This is not the Steel Wars bonus episode you are looking for. However, there are tons of family-friendly clean episodes on the feed. Enjoy. Actually, we're going to start right now. Welcome to Stan Lee's Los Angeles Comic Con 2017. Formerly known as Stan Lee's Kamikaze. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to, to our discussion of Star Wars. Because everyone here is a veteran of one war. We're all veterans of Star Wars. We all saw it at some time in our youth. Perhaps we watched it in a theater. Perhaps we saw it on... VHS in one of the many editions of the films that were released. Maybe we saw it on VHS in the special editions, Laserdisc, DVD, Blu-ray. Bless you. Someone sneezed in the audience. It happens. So all of you here are fans. We're all excited to see Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, opening December 15th with the continuing adventures of Luke Skywalker because when I was a kid... It all started as the adventures of Luke Skywalker. And if you really want to make a deep cut, Luke Starkiller. So there, look that one up, kids. Look that one up, kids. Your, your parents know what that one's about. All right, so let's kick this off because uh, I want to introduce our panel and then I'm going to uh, uh, introduce my theory and premise for our discussion. So let's start here, work our way down with the great Steel Saunders. Hey, you guys. Steele's a comedian from the far-off land of, uh, what, what do they call it, your planetary system? Uh, I believe it's called Australia, Chris. Australia. <laughs> you have the, the mighty kangaroos there. <laughs> also joining us, Matt Kyle. Hello. Hello. That worked. Okay. Matt, uh, well, you could say a little something about yeah, yourself. Yeah, I, uh, I was on G4 for like a decade, and uh, now I do uh, Sifted.net, and knew you from G4. Cool, working our way down. Uh, Star, Star Wars for my whole life. You like, don't have any, like all anything racist to say about where Matt's from? <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> trying to think of something. I'm from I can't. San Francisco, so you can probably, I don't I, know. I'll work something in later, I'll work yeah. something in. Okay, also joining us is Chelsea Blackstone. Yeah! yeah. From Chelsea, a little about yourself. Okay, well, um, I am a longtime Star Wars fan. Actually have finally gotten the dream job. I work for a collector's platform where I get to talk about how much I love collecting Star Wars called Gemmer. Uh, great place to show off your collectibles, but totally, totally love Star Wars. Really excited for Episode Eight. Great. And uh, also joining us, Tommy Bechtel. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Tommy's our returning champion, and Tommy, yes. uh, it's, uh, Tommy's a comedian. You might have seen him at I.O. West, and um, that, that show on ABC that is beloved by many, though I've never seen it. Right. And you're a huge fan. You always tell me that. I, I, I am a fan. I am a fan of a show that you're on that I haven't seen. Never, never seen it. That's okay. Uh, it's called The Middle. Uh, it's been up for nine years, so really no excuse on your part. Uh, <laughs> And I, I'm very happy to be here. My parents say I can stay out as late as I want tonight. Yeah. I'm a big boy now. Been a big boy for a long time. Right. And also joining us, my co-host from the Film Threat podcast, 
uh, critic and writer, also for FilmThreat.com, Anthony Ray Bench. How's it going, everybody? Hi. And I, I think that's about it. I can't actually think of anything else to say about you, Anthony. Ouch. Not, not a word. I can't. Well, I, I know him, so I... This I is have an our... interesting tidbit. I actually watched, the first time I watched the Star Wars trilogy, I watched it backwards. I started with Return of the Jedi. And I was weirded out that Darth Vader became a bad guy in the second one. <laughs> it's like, he, he's, he's good, so... What was it like when Boba Fett flew out of the Salak? <laughs> you know what? I honestly didn't pay any attention to Boba Fett. Like, if they didn't have a lightsaber, I could care less. <laughs> I, I was, like, five at the time. No, I agree with yeah. that. When yeah. I was a kid, I had no concept of all the, like, side characters that everyone loves. I only cared about Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. Like, Han Solo. They, they should put some of those characters in these new movies. That'd be nice. And have the them talk, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> It would be nice. Uh, and you know what? I failed to introduce myself. I am Chris Gore, uh, sometimes known as That Chris Gore. I uh, do a website called FilmThreat.com, also a podcast called Film Threat. And I am a huge Star Wars fan, having seen the movies in the theater a long time ago. So, uh, yes, in the 70s, old school. But the, I, I have a theory about the Star Wars films and the Skywalker family that I want to test here could with this anyone, esteemed could any, panel. What? Could anyone not tell that you saw Star Wars in the 70s? Yes. <laughs> yes, by my, by my hair. By my... I still have my hair. Let's... Okay. Let's... I, this is the theory that I have about Star Wars, is that the root of all evil is not the dark side. The root of all evil in the Star Wars universe is bad parenting. And we're going to explore it by going film, going through each of the films and then talking about our theories of where things are going to go in episode 8 and 9 and also where things might go in episode 10, 11, and 12 because we know that Disney's going to be milking this thing forever. There's going to be a Star Wars movie coming out every year forever. This is what they've told us, and I believe them. So, so... And then milk! 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 <laughs> Yes, blue milk. Blue milk. Yes, ah, blue you milk. stole my joke. <laughs> so let's so let's start with like episode one. Ah, First of all, we have a, a single mother <laughs> raising a young child who's forced to work retail. <laughs> For Watto, a flying creature, he's very mean to him, but he can fix anything. So where did things go wrong here with Anakin? I mean, Anakin is sort of where Anakin's kind of the root of where things went wrong. He's a little kid. And he's taken away by strangers to go to school, and they leave his mom behind. Is this where things went wrong? And Steele, we'll start with you, and we'll work our way down. And everyone, I want to get everyone's brief opinion on this. And remember, we're going through all seven of the Star Wars films, and, and, and we'll discuss it. Maybe we'll talk about Rogue One as well. So, uh, but but what, is, what, is, what are your thoughts on this? Well, it's, it's not where things went right. Do you know what I mean? Like, you definitely can't say sweet move. Like, when I was a little kid and I wanted to go off with an old dude with a beard and a sweet sword, um, <laughs> mum was not, or, or mom, to speak American, um, the, uh, yeah, she was a little bit more cautious. It was a little bit more, you can be home before the lights come on, the street lights come on, that sort of thing. There was none of this, yeah, 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 just go off with the old man. Don't turn back. Mum was like, nah, turn back. Yeah. Do a lot of turning back. So I think that, that whole thing of just like, just pushes him away, no more contact. You need, you need the mother's love, I think. And you can't have the father's love because he doesn't exist. So should have kept one of them, I well, think. The father was, if we go with what Shmi said, is kind of, was maybe a force ghost, right? Like a force... Kind of, because she said the force just, I just, I just got pregnant, which, you know, accidents happen. You know, we just, I'm just. That, that's the intergalactic pregnancy version of the dog ate my homework, though. It was just like, <laughs> how'd you get pregnant? The force. <laughs> Everybody's Wink. looking at her like, yeah, sure. <laughs> what I was looking uh, pretty relaxed that day, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Best Star Wars theory ever right there. The um I mean I think uh, also there's an implication that it might be Palpatine and his master causing that to happen at some point. 
So he do, he, maybe he went to one he went to his grandpa basically a little bit. So I think Shmi's doing a pretty good job. It looks like given the circumstances, I think the bad parenting really comes into effect when the Jedi take over as his parents, and basically you've got a, t a blood test that indicates he is he tests very positive for Jedi. He, uh, he like you have empirical proof that this kid's like a walking force bomb, right? And instead of like, hey, maybe we bend the rules and go get the mother and out of slavery and put her in a nice apartment in Coruscant, like so he's not all worried about it all the time. We're just like, eh, nah, just let him let him be however he, every all these other kids are. And when he starts having prophetic dreams, just ignore him. Like it's, it, there's no there's no care and love taken with this kid and like the problem is, like, because the midichlorian thing is in there, the Jedi don't have a plausible excuse for not doing anything about it because we know he's dangerous in that regard. Yeah, but, but when with a little kid, is here's a sword and a rat's tail good parenting? <laughs> <laughs> Never. I mean, they're monks. They don't know anything about how to raise a kid. <laughs> look, at, look at Yoda, and, and we got his whole room of kids with, with swords just whacking, swinging around with blindfolds on. These guys don't know what they're doing. Chelsea, what, what are your thoughts on I episode one? I gotta say that I think things went wrong when we enrolled the kid in very extreme street racing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think going every adult at that point should have been, nah, you don't get behind the wheel of that thing. Yeah. You've never tested it, no. Yeah. No, you're done. Yeah. But instead they were like, nah, do it. We'll get you out of slavery by putting you behind the wheel of an extremely deadly fusion reactor and send you hurtling through a canyon. Great idea. Yeah. But mom, he loves it. That's a good reason to get to do anything you want. <laughs> uh, Chris, if you were here at San Diego, you know I come from a, a shattered upbringing uh, <laughs> and was also born <laughs> under uh, very suspicious circumstances. So I can relate to Anakin in, in a lot of ways. But I want to go back to the retail point. Uh, when I was 16, I got a job at Old Navy around Christmas time. And there was a magician who would come in uh, named the Fabulous Detulio. He was a party magician, and he would dazzle us with his magic tricks. We later found out he was shoplifting a tremendous amount of merchandise. But the point is, for a brief time, I considered leaving the world, the lucrative world of Old Navy, and going on the magic party circuit. So I understand. I don't think it was an easy decision for Anakin. I think that sometimes... You know, a guy doing a, a sleight of hand magic card trick while stuffing a few $15 sweaters in his back pocket can be a tempting life to chase after. So I, I don't think it's always as clear cut as we think. So, someone needs to sit that guy down and say, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, I wish I, I could have said that, but I was uh, honestly just distracted by all the sparklers that would come <laughs> so. Anyway, it's my favorite movie. Uh, <laughs> Episode one is your favorite movie, Tommy? Uh, yes. Yes, it's my, it's my favorite film. Uh, favorite like Star Wars? The Godfather Wars? Part 3, Land Before Time 6, and Ice Age, Meltdown. Once, once they purposely make them bad, or, or accidentally make them bad, that's when I start to fall in love. That's why I always date dangerous women. Are you a fan of Moonraker? Uh, yes, I love the Moonraker. Uh, James Bond uh, can do no wrong, but the Moonraker is a fabulous film. What was the recent one everyone hated? Uh, Quantum Spectre. of Solace? Yeah, no, Spectre is the yeah. one I'm talking about. That's on free on Hulu right now, so maybe after this we can all go watch that, and that will become my favorite Bond movie. Anyway, thanks for having me. I can't wait to stay up all night tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, what, what are your thoughts? Okay, so my thoughts come from, like, I, I think his childhood is, was fine. I think that Qui-Gon wasn't a weird space wizard with a windowless space van. Um, so I think that was fine. I think where it goes wrong is when he becomes a little bit older. He's doing all these incredible things. He's learning the Force. And every time he does something cool, Obi-Wan is there to criticize him. Hardcore, like, you know, oh, well, you know, you also kind of jumped off of that uh, flying, you know, hover car and almost killed yourself. You got the bad guy, but, meh. Like, I... I think like nobody like tells him like you did a good job, Anakin, and I, I think that is where he went wrong. Like he has so much resentment and so much anger. Like I'm the most powerful Jedi ever. You guys are holding me back. He literally says that in the movie, and I can relate. I mean, I got straight A's and I didn't get any cupcakes or anything like that. So. <laughs> well, okay, I guess we've segued into Episode Two, where 
And well, I mean, we should talk a little bit about episode one because doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't uh, Qui Gon Jinn kind of cheat even to get like Anakin in the contest by sort of waving his hand and doing a, right. a Jedi trick over the dice? I mean, there's a lot of shady behavior by by the Jedi. Right, that well, I can't the dice picks picks who gets uh, freed. Right. So he he picks Anakin over Shmi to get freed, basically, because he wants the power the powerful force bomb kid. Yeah, I just yeah, I think that there were just there were just a lot of poor decisions made in episode one that kind of set up episode two. Do we have? You mean like having the kid hide in an active starfighter cockpit? That was <laughs> right, <laughs> right. There are a lot. There are a lot of bad. I mean, like you can't even complain about you know Star Trek, Star Trek: The Next Generation, Wesley Crusher and his character. You know. Well, you can. Well, you, you can still <laughs> complain, yes, but but you know it, it it had a little bit of that, right? So. Yeah, it was a little bit of like make the kid the center of attention, because. That's, right. I guess that sells? I don't know. Now, I'm surprised no one brought up Jar Jar, because really if you look at the structure, story structure of episode one, it really is the hero's journey, but Jar Jar's the hero, because yeah. he leaves, he comes back, he conquers home, um, he's sort of the unlikely hero who refuses the call. Seriously, if you look at the Joseph Campbell timeline of what the plotline that's supposed to be the, the hero's myth, Jar Jar is the only character that actually fits the hero's myth journey in episode one, and this is this is yeah. I'm serious. He's the Michael Corleone of wow. the Star Wars universe. You know, in, in he way. doesn't want to do it. Joseph Campbell can't wait to die so he can turn over in his grave. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, seriously. If you just Google Joseph Campbell hero's journey and then look at Jar Jar's. The, what happens with his character? For, ignore the stepping and poop things. Just ignore it. Or just it, just it, Google it, everything else. people falling over on scooters and have fun with your day and stuff. I don't know. Either one or the other. All right. So now we're talking episode two. Steel, I'm back to you. What episode two? Anakin becomes. He's really, he's re he's really into Padme. Like he's kind of like super. Like if he was on Facebook and Padme hadn't accepted the friend request, he would start sending angry messages like, "Don't I, re I remember I met you? We were ten on another planet. Yeah. I got you that part for your starship so you could leave and go help your homeworld, and you left my mom there." He might be sending some angry Facebook messages to Padme, and then saves her when these. They look like they're about this big. They look like kind of like. They look like sausages, let's be honest. These little sausage moving creatures that are attacking Padme as she's asleep in her bed, and they look like... What they look sausages, like sausages are you eating? <laughs> Space sausages, Dude. obviously. So they're not... They're not she hasn't accepted the friend request on Facebook. There's clearly some issues. Yeah. What's and, and, and Anakin's like the type of guy that sends all the messages and then checks to see if she's open to read them or not. And it's like, I know you're reading these. Because there's a Facebook alert and the force. So uh, double down. But tell me, steal your thoughts on, uh, on episode two and, and where, things, where things really begin to go wrong. Because it get, this, is, this one gets dark. Well, I have to put it on to Shmi Skywalker because Anakin Skywalker goes back to find his mother. And when, she find, when he finds her, she just dies. That's not putting in for the family. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Things would have worked out if there was less death from Shmi Skywalker. So the blame's on her. Shouldn't have died. Wow. It's a hot take. <laughs> but you mentioned, you mentioned uh, Shmi's death scene. Uh, by death by being something awful happened to her, tied up at that, you know, uh, that, that camp. It's, it was a prelude to, like, to the, the future of unexplainable deaths from ladies in Star Wars. Right. She wasn't, was she, I, I don't know, a Tusken Raider, like, stabbed? Like, it's unclear why she died. She just, like, I don't know. Uh, I believe, like, in the novelization, they say she was dehydrated. They basically, like, turned her into beef jerky and tied her up and kind of kept her in the desert. Oh. Gotta hydrate, kids. You gotta <laughs> hydrate. Thank you for the water. Yeah. <laughs> But they specified to that detail in the novelization, just in case you weren't already sad enough about it. Like, yeah, right? And how's it, the, the, like the irony that the family then went into moisture farming? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it all becomes so clear. <laughs> Matt, yeah. you 
you and I have had endless conversations about episode two, Attack of the Club. Yeah, but we never got that dark. Damn. (laughs) Right. Right. But what? So uh, this is where things really uh, you start to see the seeds of you know. Well, I think you know Darth Vader. He's a kid. He's a he's a teenager. He's he's you know the hormones are racing. He's more powerful than maybe anybody else in the universe, and um, like Obi Wan's giving him no guidance. Like he has no, you know, all Obi Wan saying stop, 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 and like you know the in, it, the instant reaction is going to be to rebel against that, and we see you see that as early as the as the conversation in the elevator going up to Padme's apartment, and um, you know I think you I think Obi Wan fails to appreciate the kid that Qui Gon comments on in Episode One says he gives with no thought of reward, and you know at heart Anakin does really want to do what he thinks is the right thing or the honorable thing or the or the heroic thing regardless of what the rules are. And Obi-Wan can't see really a lot of good in that, and I don't think handles it well. Which I guess ties in with his speech in episode four about how he thought he could be, or maybe that was Return of the Jedi, where he says, I thought I could be as good a, um, a good a teacher as Yoda is. And um, I don't think we ever see if Yoda's actually any good as a teacher, really, but Obi-Wan uh, certainly didn't know how to raise a teenager. He gave a bunch of five-year-old's lightsabers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I dangerous. Keep, yeah, you do keep coming back to that scene in your head, no matter what you think about Yoda. It's like, yeah, he's just he blindfolded children and gave them lethal weapons. Like, yeah. <laughs> At least Obi-Wan waited until Luke was like 17 to be like, here, here's your lightsaber. <laughs> here's, here's this lightsaber that your father used to murder children, <laughs> which surely will not have any repercussions psychically later. This panel's yeah, yeah, being no, dark. That, that's weird because, you know, we know from episode seven that there's sort of that force dream, mm. and there's been this theory that, like, a lightsaber kind of holds memories mm. of the people who wield it. Mm. So, but Luke did, Luke got nothing. Luke yeah. got, also also I mean, note that, I mean, again, no oversight from Obi-Wan. The first thing Luke does when he gets the saber is he looks right into the, <laughs> into the lens. Like, watch that scene. He picks it up and he goes like that. It's like, and Obi-Wan's just like, mm. <laughs> And they are kind of like, I mean, the Jedi are sort of like the boys club, right? We're going to yeah. take these kids, we're going to take them away from their parents and then teach them without any, I mean, th- it's not clear if there's any communication between episode one and episode two, if Anakin's even like, you know, we're going on all these space adventures, can we stop by and check on my mom? Once in that. 10 years? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> ten, once in 10 years. Chelsea, what are your thoughts? I gotta say, he's he's starting to show in, in episode two. He's starting to show some some signs of not being the most stable individual. As you said, he's he's the, the nice guy on Facebook who's gonna send you those messages. That's like, hey. Yeah, the White Knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's gonna send you those messages, and if you don't respond within 15 minutes, gonna start sending you nasty ones. He's he's that guy. And so you think at some point somebody in the Jedi Order would go, you know what, midichlorians or not, let's take away let's take away the incredibly dangerous glow stick. It's time that we remove the lightsaber because this kid is not going to do good. And instead they're like, now let's just watch for a little longer. This is getting worse. Maybe if we wait five more minutes it'll get better. And also, in a way, they're kind of space priests. I mean, there's, I mean, at least from what we know, I haven't read all the novelizations or all the comic books, but Obi-Wan died a virgin. I'm pretty sure that that's that that's true uh, the old comic books kind of imply there was some some things going on which issues which of is those comic books are you referring to uh early dark horse uh, star wars republic he had a little fling with uh, another a female jedi trainee that uh, qui-gon was not uh, thrilled about but uh but let him do his thing let him have his his, his time right. and then there was the clone wars tv yeah, show sabine sabine Sabine's the Mandalorian. Sabine no one reported this to Jedi Council Human Resources Department. There wasn't, no. there wasn't a pamphlet given about like, hey, you're not supposed. Well, to I mean, be look, doing at, that. look at episode three where he comes to Yoda with like the prophetic dreams or having trouble with like all these, and like basically the, the response is like, I mean, he comes to him with basically uh, asking for a friend. I'm having these weird dreams again, and like. The last time that happened, you remember when the war broke out and his mother died and he almost like ruined everything with Count Dooku and now you're just like well you know just meditate about it it's like no you need to take an active role Yoda Tommy I'd like to get your perspective on episode 2 Attack of the Clones this is of course the romantic one right (laughs) Um, so you came to the right place my man (laughs) well you know uh, I I related to Anakin uh, in episode 2 perhaps more than any other Star Wars film 
When I was a teenager, you know, it's no secret, my life was a succession of nightmares, each one darker than the last. <laughs> and the only way I could cope was by dyeing my hair black, blue, and uh, buying a good Charlotte CD, The Chronicles of Life and Death. It was a two-disc album. Uh, and uh, my Chemical Romance CD. And yeah, I, uh, I probably was a little too aggressive on AIM. Uh, and, 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 and I think now there's a rule that you never, you never go blue twice on a text message. Like you got a text once, get a gray response from someone replying to the text. But if you text blue twice, you're a crazy person. And I, I think that that's a good rule to follow. And they didn't have that technology then. So let's remember, this was a long time ago. I don't know if you guys know this, but Star Wars took place a long time ago uh, in a galaxy far, far away. Maybe 10 years was as fast as he could get back to see his mom. You know, it's tough to see moms. Moms can be kind of annoying. They ask you a lot of questions about your friends. Maybe he didn't want to share. Maybe it was easier for him to look inward. And also he had like a really hot chick with him and maybe he knew his mom would just, you know, Moms tend to interfere with relationships, you know. Maybe he thought she would be a burden on that and ruin his chances with Natalie Portman. If I had a chance with Natalie Portman, my mom would be exiled to some yeah. desert island right now. Because <laughs> she would for sure ruin it for me. She'd tell her how handsome I was. And we, we know, we all have mirrors and cameras, so. Anyway, Star Wars uh, Episode Two is my favorite one of the Star Wars movies. <laughs> Anthony? Okay, um, so. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. In episode two, we see that scene with the younglings. And to me, that was just like, all right, those kids are terrible actors. Or the, the Jedi are trained to be emotionalist from the get-go, like just completely indoctrined from a young age. As a matter of fact, uh, Yoda and uh, Mace Windu always say, like, you know, Anakin was too old, Anakin was too old. So Anakin has developed this individual personality, this go-free, happy-go-lucky kid, and that is hard to break. That's definitely hard, you know, to break. They're basically brainwashing kids into doing their bidding, which is really sinister if you think about it. And also, like, think about how much more Anakin knows about the world yeah. than the kids raised in the Jedi Temple. Yeah, and even that's still kind of stunted because he's, you know, only gone off planet to do podca uh, podcasts. Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pod racing. What a life. <laughs> Pod racing, a very different film. Yeah, and and he's a slave. So, I I think in a lot of ways, when he grows up and and becomes a Jedi, he's still feeling like a slave, a so. retail slave. Yeah. What? Working at Watto's junk shop. Yeah. What this what this tells us is that uh, retail destroys you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyone who's worked retail knows it is or definitely you, or you get soul crushing. Graphic yeah. tees for half off. I don't know, guys. <laughs> Let's make some lemonade now, out of these lemons. Now, before we talk about episode three, I, I, I really I just have one question about episode two. Why do Anakin and Padme get married at the end of episode two? I know she's really sad. He lost part of his arm, and she admitted that she loved him at the thing where they were. Because you have to, to be married to have a kid. Right. The, the, well, we're, I mean, like, look, people get married for a lot of crazy reasons. You know, they make bad choices in Las Vegas. Mm. Maybe someone gets pregnant, and then it's sure. the necessity to support the child going forward. Why, people get married for a lot of different reasons. They probably just didn't want to have to testify Anakin, against each why, other in why a court of law. Why did they get married? Wait, sorry, Tommy, what you say? They probably just didn't want to have to testify against each other in a court of law. <laughs> and if you get married, you don't have to do that. You can you can not incriminate your your spouse if you choose to, so that's why I'm married several times over. Uh, she is a good she is a good politician. <laughs> Does anyone have a good response to this? That wasn't good. I didn't mean that yours. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I, I no, I don't mean it wasn't good. I'm that saying another uh, some uh, uh, yeah. 
we, we all know how, how, how Lucas loves to have long, awkward, staring smile matches at the end of his movie. So that's the reason. He didn't have a good excuse for his long, awkward smiling, yeah. where everyone looks at each other and just smiles. That's, that's the only reason they got married. Yeah. Lucas needed his awkward stare ending. That's probably right. That's probably 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> also, it, I, okay, I have an answer to your question, Chris. Um, I... I have a Is it from the novelization? Because no. I would like to read it now. No, it's not. Um, obviously, by the end of the movie, regardless of how we feel about it, um, they are in love. And it's a creepy relationship, but they are in love. And he's basically going off to war. Now, I have friends who have you know, joined the armed forces, and they've done the same thing. They're dating a girl. They kind of need something to live for. They need something to come back from, or come back for. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's my take on it. And also, don't forget that when she admitted she loved him, she thought they were about to die. Like she didn't think exactly. She, she didn't yeah. think she'd have to follow up on this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, that's not a good start to a relationship. <laughs> okay, so now that that brings us to episode three, where everything goes wrong. Okay, so now they're space married. And it's a secret, which I don't know if you've ever been in a dating situation where, say, the person that you're seeing won't tag you in photos. Okay, it feels pretty shitty, right? Excuse me for my language, kids. But I'm saying it feels really bad when the person won't acknowledge that you're actually a couple. And do you think that this contributed, like, hey, we're, like, behind a pole. I know Obi-Wan's over there, but can't we make out a little bit? Because we're married. <laughs> Um, so, I, yeah, I just don't – sort of explain where things go wrong in episode three. It's just the whole pregnancy thing that – it's like how does not everyone else know that she's pregnant or not pregnant or and is not just like asking about it more? Like, Well, it is rude to say to someone, are you pregnant, when the answer is no. I just – I've done it. I'm sorry. My apologies. So maybe they just didn't think to ask. A lot of robes in the Star Wars galaxy, so like you can wear very, you know, covering clothing. She's wearing like kind of the big Senate robes a lot, so maybe she's hiding it effectively. That that's possible too, but yeah. Also, it's all aliens. They don't know human biology. They don't know what we're doing. They don't know what's going on. That's true. They could just think they've got gas or something. <laughs> I, but what? I, so, but no, I I really want like a a, a serious or semi-serious or I'll take a funny answer to just why. <laughs> Why? So, so the relationship is secret. She's pregnant. This is all the seeds of bad things. And mm -hmm. just... So answer to what? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Address all of that. I'm just, well, do you think Obi-Wan knows? Right? What would be the happy ending to, to, to that? She gives birth to twins that have force powers and, and yeah well he didn't he say like you know they'll, he'll quit the jedi and they'll go raise the kids on naboo or something yeah like and that. she shuts that down completely oh, okay. she's she she's has a, she way has a too yeah career-minded if you think about this pretty self-sacrificing because who wants to move in with the in-laws really if that's ever <laughs> if you've ever been in that situation come on all right great that was the response i was looking for <laughs> uh but Oh, so, so this is just, and then Obi-Wan just figures it out. It is pretty much like, I almost feel like in a way, episode three is like a really bad sitcom where it's just a misunderstanding. You know, it's just, oops, I thought it was, oh, like one of those. Yeah, Chelsea, what are, your, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, all of these Jedis have the force. You think they would have figured it out a little sooner? Uh. Like, like, you got the force and you're going, you can see into the future and into the past a bit. We learned that in, in the later episodes, which were the earlier episodes, but um, continuity. Um, but at the same time, you think Obi-Wan would be like, Anakin. Anakin, really? Right. Like, you, you Every think, time they come back, they say, I'm just going to go hang out with Padme again, just hanging out. Just They're not playing Xbox, I can tell you that. I, I'm going out with some of my friends to the woods. No, it's not Padme. Don't, don't ask questions. Some of my friends. Yeah, the uh, well, then like, the, I think the the Jedi seem to there seem to be some kind of low undercurrent about the the dark side's clouding their ability to use the Force. But even if Anakin's standing next to them in the room, they apparently don't seem to realize that he's incredibly emotionally conflicted and having the prophetic death dreams again. Mm. 
And uh, I just feel there's a, there's a, there's a I, get, I guess that's intentional. Is it intentional that Jedi are supposed to come off like arrogant idiots in, in that pr pr the prequels? Because they, they really do drop the ball repeatedly. And then when, they, when Yoda takes one shot at Palpatine, he's like, well, I've got to go in exile for 20 years. I guess that's the end of that. You know, it's like there's no, there's no follow through from these people. There's no like, yeah, let's just. Mace Windu is the only one who makes any headway against Palpatine, and he gets sucker punched by Anakin in the dumbest transition scene of any character moment <laughs> I've seen in the, tri in the trilogy. Mace Windu, when he finds out about Palpatine being the Sith Lord, no one has taken bad news any better than that. <laughs> He's just like, oh, yeah, okay. All right, you just go up to the office and we'll check this out. Like, I always thought that was just so weird. Like, was he on medication that he didn't... Like, it seems like big news. Like, I'd be, I'd be ringing Plo Koon or something. I'd be on Lexapro. And so he just, you know, just evened him out. Chris, I have a serious answer for this. Uh, I don't mean to ruin the pattern for myself, but I think Anakin Skywalker, like the problem that why he is so erratic and, and does things that are seemingly irrational is he has nothing concrete to ever hold on to. Like he doesn't know where he really came from. His relationship with his mother is completely fractured after he's taken away from her. Then he gets into a relationship with a woman that he has to pretend isn't real or lie. He's constantly lying. He's like, it's kind of to me like the like the star athlete in, in like a college football program that comes from like a terrible upbringing and escapes and goes to college, but really has never learned any boundaries or any rules and then keeps getting in trouble. And they're like, why can't he just play football really well? It's because no one has ever told him or, or helped him or given him any sort of stability or boundaries or anything. And the people that do are belligerent towards him. Like, coaches are belligerent. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is belligerent towards him. Nobody ever tried to just be, like, a nurturing mentor to him or a father figure in a way that wasn't completely coming down on him. So I think, like, when you get to a volcano, look, it's hot. There's lava there, <laughs> all right? Tempers are going to – I've been to Hawaii. Passions and tempers flare all over. Of course they're going to fight. And it's like when you finally fight your dad. Everyone here has fist fought their dad, right? <laughs> no? Just me? Okay. Anyway. Do stepfathers count? Yeah. No, I'll, I mean, I, any father. Father Christmas, Father Time. If you, <laughs> Father Ray at your church, if you have to. Uh, <laughs> if you've thrown a haymaker at your father, then you know, like, especially near a volcano, it's going to get nasty. And so I think Anakin is just a product of the system. I think he's a product of the system he was brought up in. I don't blame him. And that's why episode three is my favorite movie. <laughs> I, do, I do like that metaphor a lot. I, although I guess Palpatine becomes like the guidance counselor who then eventually convinces him to murder his entire fraternity. Yeah, or like just start making crystal math. Like he's like, yeah, no, you're fine. You're actually good. You're doing everything right. Let's go cook some meth. You found your knack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I want to bring up the fact that like Anakin's response to Padme telling him that she's pregnant is just like that's that's wonderful news he does not bring it up again padme does she's like you know oh i want to raise our baby on naboo and all anakin says to that is just you're so beautiful he's not like you know making plans for the kid like he's not you know an invested father from the get-go um and I think that has to do with, like, he has no idea how to be a normal human being at this time. He's, you know, he's destined to fail as a father. Well, it is a tragedy. Yeah. Well, I have a, bi I have a big question for everyone on the panel, and maybe people here have a response to this, too. And if you do, line up up front here, and I'll hand you the microphone. But, like, I just want to know, and this is why we all suffered through three movies to find out one thing, the answer to one question. Why did Anakin Skywalker turn to the dark side? Why, give me your short answer in a quick sentence. Anthony, we'll start with you and work our way down. I wanna know, why did Anakin Skywalker turn to the dark side? Go. He did not get enough compliments. Yeah. 100%. I, I agree. It's like when you're in a tough relationship where it's like your significant other points out all your flaws all the time and then you break up and you immediately date an even worse more erratic person because they don't judge you at all they keep telling you like you're doing all the right things like you're great you're powerful you deserve to be this evil and that's what Palpatine <laughs> did to him 
And I like that. You know, I like a little wild, like, three-week bender fling. But eventually you got to go back to being told you're a bad boy, you know, that you got stability. Yeah. Anyway. I, I have something real quick to add. Um, Padme still treats him like a kid even after they're married, and that's super creepy to me. Chelsea, why did Anakin Skywalker turn to the dark side? I think I gotta agree. I think it, it was nice to finally get a compliment to have somebody be like, you're such a good guy, Annie. Such a good guy, you know? It's great. And I think, though, you should realize those compliments are bad. And he's like, you're such a great guy, Annie. Go kill a bunch of kids. Go kill a bunch of kids. And he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. You're right. And instead of turning around and being like, nah, I've realized you're not the person I thought you were, he was like, all right, I'm in. Matt. Um... I mean, my honest answer is because the plot requires him to. Um, That's probably the best answer. Uh, but I, but you know, if we're gonna want to keep it to in universe, I, th- I, I think I ag- actually I think I agree so with Tommy uh, in that he has nothing else in his life to anchor him, and all he's got is Padme, and he basically throws everything else he has away to save that one thing he thinks he can count on, and. It's not a believable character moment where he turns and decides, okay, I'll do whatever you want. Go kill all my coworkers of the last 15 years? Great. Let's go. Um, but, like, the idea of throwing everything away for the only anchor in your life uh, isn't, isn't an unbelievable one in terms of, like, kind of the tragic character and the tragic flaw. Like, there is a, a literary history of that. I just don't think it's written very well in episode three. Steel. Let's be realistic, everyone. If I had the choice of Natalie Portman being with me for the rest of my life and living, I can, I can have that if I ensure that these three dudes down here don't make it out of here alive. <laughs> the rest of your Comic-Con's not going to be that good. Um, <laughs> But I'm going to have one hot Saturday night, so <laughs> that's why. <laughs> okay, uh, I'd like to hear your theories, anyone here. Uh, yes, this gentleman, tell us what your theory is. And just like I say, keep it real quick. Just give me a one sentence. Why did Anakin turn to the dark side? His father figures had no father figures. Okay, that's one. Yes, right here. Um, I think it was Mace Windu, because once you're an accessory to murder, you might as well go bigger or go home. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Anyone else have any theories? Step right up. That's good. Anyone? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right here. Yes, this young gentleman here. Youngling, tell us. Maybe in episode two when Obi-Wan Kenobi dies, or episode one, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> that he wants his revenge or... He wants him back, so he does a lot of bad things. It's like what in what bullies do sometimes. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, give that Great answer. Yeah. applause there. I, I wanted that kid to clap back on Steel so hard to be like, I would love for you to come at me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in Krav Maga since I was one. <laughs> I think, I, I think he's clearly beaten a demogorgon before. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Well, here's here's I mean here the answer is everyone's right. I mean that's. That's, I think, what makes episode three so, uh, for me, an unsatisfying experience is because they're really like, all of you are right, all your theories are correct, and there's no clear answer. But we're not going to solve that problem today, but we are going to talk briefly about the, the original trilogy, mm. right, the OT. Uh, and here we've got uh, Luke Skywalker adopted, right? Mm. And in, in Oh, a boy, did Owen and Baru not know how much that, that quick meeting was going to change their lives later. Right. And they and they grow up. I mean, I mean, Luke grows up relatively. He's a good kid. He cares about doing good. He's it's an intact family, you know, mother and father, right? And and one can assume that Leia also had an upbringing that was similar by adopted parents, even though she doesn't talk about her adopted mother all that much. But they're the in in terms of the characters that are good in the Star Wars universe, Luke and Leia are the most good, and they were had the the most traditional. Parenting, and I guess there are no comments that can be made on that unless you guys have something to add. But I mean, that's just—I'm just looking at it on the surface. What, what do you guys think? It just anyone wants to jump in on the panel because I really want to uh, jump ahead to our conversation about the the third trilogy. But any quick comments? Before I mean, it really is—I mean, if you're just looking at it on its surface, they had decent parenting. They're good people. Boom. That's it. I disagree. I think. <laughs> okay. 
I think uh, Owen and Aunt Peru were really protective, and I think that takes a toll on, on kids, too. That's true. Okay, all right, that's one thing. I gotta, I gotta say, Owen and Amperu didn't do a very good job with stranger danger. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, he, all right. He ran off with a hermit who lives in a cave and took the, uh, took the giant, the giant, very deadly glow stick and then immediately looked into the lens as we previously, I mean, they did not do a good job with stranger danger. And he kind of pulls a Palpatine, too, by telling him, like, oh, you're powerful in the Force. Like, you're really special. You're not just a little farmer boy. Like, you are, you know, the savior of the galaxy. Come with me. Yeah, it's like, and clearly he's met Ben before, but this is, I guess, the first time Ben's hinted at this. And he's like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta leave the planet, so why don't you come with me to Alderaan? Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. You, you, Luke at no point asks, like, how come the other 14 times I've hung out with you, you didn't mention all this stuff? It's like, and it's like, oh, waiting for the right time. The right time is when I'm going to take you off planet with me. I mean, yeah, yeah, the stranger danger thing is definitely there. Uh, Let's go kill your father. Yeah. Well, yeah. For, for, for me, four, five, and six are a mess. Uh, <laughs> the, the effects are way too practical. There's no digital dinosaurs added in or, or, or robots that uh, look like now. they should be part of Pee-wee's Playhouse. Uh, until you get the, yeah, the, the new the new VHS, new, new not nude, uh, the nude VHSs are very underground and hard yeah. to find. Uh, for me, that's why 4, 5, and 6 are my least favorite movies. Uh, well, and it's weird because the whole adventure really is about uh, Luke Skywalker seeing the holographic image of a girl where he looks and says, who is she? She's beautiful. And she's your sister. Yeah, Obi-Wan should have put a stop to that right there. Like, don't right, get any right. ideas. She's right. off limits. But let's yeah, that's why R2 turned off the hologram. Yeah. Because he knows everything. He's just like, nah, dog, cockwalk. Now, now we've only got we've only got uh, five minutes left uh, for our panel, but I want to uh, you know turn right to the third trilogy, Episode Seven, where we see how space divorce can be so difficult on children. <laughs> Speaking, of course, of Kylo Ren, who's a fan of his grandfather's, looking at his old sort of grandfather's. I mean, I guess in the Star Wars universe, though it's kind of like looking at Nazi medals, right? It's sort of like collecting Nazi memorabilia. What? It's the Empire. I mean, it's, it's right? Like, I mean, no, Darth Vader was sympathetic. No. So what, so I, I want to get your guys' take on Episode 7, and also we've seen that last trailer for Episode 8. I wasn't very excited. Now I'm very, now I'm all in. I can't wait uh, to see it. What, uh, t tell me what's going on with this and what your theories are about Luke. I'm throwing it out to you guys. Uh, for our last five minutes, like let, let's, I want to hear all your theories and where you things, where you think things might go with uh, eight and nine. I, I have a question. Do you think that Kylo Ren or Ben Solo would have became uh, evil if he had seen like holograms of Anakin and like noticed how whiny he was and just like right. I don't want to be like that loser. Like he's just hearing about Darth Vader like doing all these like you know evil things for the Empire. If he knew that Anakin was just like I don't like sand, like. <laughs> I'm sure he would have found a different role model. Well, I don't know. I mean, he, he may be idolizing Darth Vader, but it, Kylo has Kylo has Anakin down pat. I mean, oh yeah, I think he was Anakin done right. I, yeah, I think I would if agree he was with that. more like that, that in the prequels, the prequels would have been better. And I think Kylo Ren is way scarier than Anakin. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. Because he's believable as I mean, I've, I've met a few Kylo Rens. Oh yeah. Minus yeah. the sword and the helmet and the stopping <laughs> bullets with your mind thing, but uh, <laughs> that kind of rage at yeah. is, it's there. Seven and eight got me right back in. Uh, a lot, lot more green screen. Still, some of those junky practicals that get in the way. Uh, but also, like we right back to like having people from broken homes, which I can relate to. When your childhood is more Mad Max than Mary Poppins, you know, you really you can sympathize with like a girl who lives in a in a garbage dump and like you know trades little pieces of bicycles for bread that, that, that you pour water on. I mean, I did that. That was just growing up. That was like fifth grade for me. Every day was just dehydrated bread blowing up in a little tin pan. So I get it. I love it. I hope, uh, I, I hope they can keep going. That's why uh, episode nine is my favorite movie. <laughs> I, I hope the next Star Wars trilogy is about Tommy at this point. <laughs> it would be, be me in a white padded room. <laughs> 
Just talking. I got I got a Snoke theory for you guys. Oh, I, nice. I have I have decided. Steel will love that. Yeah, I've decided. I've realized Snoke is a Wizard of Oz setup. Oh. It's it's all. Don't mind the man behind the curtain, and they're going to um they're going to come in. Uh, Ray is going to get her heart. Um, we're gonna get some courage for uh, Finn, and um. At the end, at the end, the curtain's going to draw back and it's going to be Jar Jar Banks. Ah! <laughs> the Sith theory comes full circle. Woo! <laughs> okay. That's, that's a very good theory. Steel, you like Snoke theories, but what, what, what is your take on the third trilogy and where it's going? Oh, my whole thing with, with I just can't get over Snoke's, like, the, the gold robe. That's, like, who cares what happens in Star Wars? We've got this old dude that's falling apart, but he's got this sweet gold robe. He's got gold slippers. If you've seen the Hasbro toy, he's got capri pants. He's showing a bit of calf. That is that is a practical effect. An old man behind. who loves gold and is falling apart? That That's not a leader. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Yeah, someone like that can't be in charge. <laughs> Sorry, Star Wars, a bridge too far. Well, I want to thank everyone here on the panel. You guys were amazing. Steele, Matt, Chelsea, Tommy, Anthony. Um, I want to thank you. You guys are a great audience here at Stanley's LA Comic Con. Yes, hope thank you for you coming. Cheers. Hope thank you, you so again much next for coming, year. guys. We got three more panels. Uh, panel this afternoon. Just follow me at that Chris Gore, and and you'll see the whole schedule. Thank you so much. Uh, and if you want uh, stickers, the four stickers from my podcast, just uh, hang about. I've got a ton. Thank you, LA Comic Con. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed such a fun panel. The dysfunctional Skywalker family, hosted by Chris Gore, with a uh, a really cool lineup. This is actually a series of panels Chris Gore has been hosting at conventions around America. And there is another one on the Steel Wars feed from San Diego Comic-Con this year that is posted on July 26th. So if you want to hear a total different take on that topic, it's super funny and uh, the lineup's a little bit different. Check that out. And if you are a Chris Gore fan and why not, he is on the live episode of Steel Wars recorded at Meltdown Comics' Nerd Melt Theatre, episode 135 with the hilarious Jenny Nicholson. So uh, some extra listening for you if you uh, enjoyed the previous hour. Uh, you can follow us at Steel Wars on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, if you enjoyed the episode, give it a retweet, share it around, pod it forward, as it really helps spread the word. And may that force be with you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.